What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's my team selection for game week 26. So I'm going to take you through how the team is looking, thoughts on how many hits I'm going to have to take this week, plus my chip strategy going forward as well. And I'll quickly show you how badly game week 25 went for me. So if you enjoyed the video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And let's get into it. So let's start with game week 25. And for my team, it was terrible, right? I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat it. The red arrow was only about 7,000 places. So I fell from 44k to 51k, which isn't season ending. But given that there was a double game week for Liverpool, a double game week for Man City, I had six players from those two teams and my triple captain active to get a red arrow. That is a terrible week. And it could have gone so much better. Um, I scored 87 points, but I did take, uh, sorry, I did take a four point hit. So that's 83 points total. The hit was to bring in Connor Bradley for Trent. And that gave me enough money to do Richarlison to De Bruyne. And De Bruyne wasn't really a player that I considered up until that point. I even said a few weeks ago, I think people are maybe overhyping him as an FPL pick a little bit, but all of a sudden the money became available. And that's where I feel like a bit of bad luck started because with De Bruyne, okay, he's not that long back from an injury. We know he was out for quite a while. And I knew there was a high chance that he wasn't going to start twice. I didn't bring him in thinking that he was going to start both games, but every game so far he's either started or come off the bench. So for him to feel a bit uncomfortable before the game and then not want to risk him, that felt a bit unlucky. Obviously now he's probably going to be a doubt going into 26. Bradley, once we knew that he was going to start against Brentford. We knew that before the deadline. I thought there was an okay chance of him getting two starts, but again, not a guarantee. He starts twice, no attack and return, no clean sheet. But I think the biggest killers really were the triple captain and the fact that Jota and Darwin went off, you know, in the first half of the first game of a double game week. And it's not like Liverpool struggled. They scored eight goals across this double what could have been for those two players? Like I said on the deadline stream, if you can't afford Jota, just go for Diaz. He's perfectly fine as a pick, even though I felt like Jota was better. And that's just an eight-point swing just from one choice. Darwin Nunez, I've got to stop buying him. Again, I think it's unlucky that he's missed out. But every time I buy him and I sell someone like Watkins or Solanke, it just goes wrong. So yeah, look, it could have gone better. The triple captain definitely feels like a fail. I think Harlem put up 2.5 XG over those two games only gets one goal, 10 points. That's not really good enough. People will score more with that this season. Plenty of people have scored more in past seasons. I just cannot get the triple captain right. Uh, I've never scored more than 12 points with it. So 12 obviously tripled to 36. That's my highest. Loads of people have got more than that. I just cannot do it. And I thought two home games for Haaland, this was it. And look, he's just back from injury. I get it. But it's not like the minutes were a problem, right? He played 19 minutes in both games. You tell me next season that Haaland's going to play 180 minutes and put up 2.5 XG. I'm triple captaining him. So I think as much as I'm disappointed with how things went, I don't think I made too many mistakes. Like you could say that bringing in De Bruyne was a little bit of a mistake because now it's pushed me probably to having to use a chip um, in the run-up to game week 29. But I think overall, having triple Man City attack and triple Liverpool was the correct decision. And I do it every single time. So that's why I don't think the moves were necessarily a big mistake. And for everyone that's kind of sitting there saying double game weeks are overrated, this always happens. Two, two of your attackers going off in the first half. That is just bad luck. And I'm sure there's people out there that have got Van Dyke, Kyle Walker, Luis Diaz. All of them have got double figures in this double game week. I bet they're not saying double game weeks are overrated. So it does... 
It does feel a little bit worse when you get it wrong in a double, but it definitely won't stop me stop me doing it again. Outside of that, my single game week players were brilliant, apart from Dubravka, but my goalkeepers never get points anyway. Uh, Gabriel, clean sheet, six points. Saka, 15 points. I think that's, is that two 15-pointers in a row? Let me just double check. Yeah, so he's been incredible. Uh, and then Ollie Watkins, 13 points. So they did fine, but I just feel like all my double game weekers were just fails. Uh, even Haaland getting a return, Darwin and Jota, they just, it just doesn't matter. It was just a bad game week. So hopefully not going to get too punished by those mistakes we've got to fix it in game week 26 there's definitely hits happening this week and obviously discussion around when to use chips and stuff like that but i'm ready to forget the, uh, game week 25 let's move on to 26 so for game week 26 i've got 0.7 million in the bank and one free transfer the days of having two free transfers saved up are long gone the good news is even with alfie doughty and connor bradley on my bench i have got a full playing back three Although one of those players is Charlie Taylor. So there's a little bit of hope involved there that not only he'll start, but also that he'll get some points. I'm not that hopeful, but there is always a chance. You never know. Uh, he came off the bench against Arsenal last week. So that's his first appearance uh, back for Burnley since. Let's have a look here. Since game week 20. So that's encouraging. I'm hoping he's going to go back to being completely nailed and start against Crystal Palace. Now that is not a guarantee. But ultimately, I've got other players in my attack that I need to transfer out because they don't have a fixture. And so any move I make to bench Charlie Taylor or even to transfer him out of my team is going to cost a minus four. And I'm just not sure it's worth it when there is a chance that he'll start. And if he does start, yes, it might just be a one or two pointer. But when you factor in the minus four, the player I bring in has to get like five or six points just to break even. And I don't know if I'm that confident about it i don't want to sell gabriel or saliba um alfie doughty's got a double in 28 he did go off last night against liverpool it looked like he was hobbling a little bit maybe picked up a knock but i don't think there's too many concerns there his manager didn't seem too worried after uh, after the game and i don't necessarily need to play doughty in 27 anyway i just need him for that double in 28 and then with connor bradley look if i hadn't got de bruyne last week and i'd done trent to van dyke instead which was a consideration I'd probably be selling him this week, Van Dyke. But with Bradley, there is a chance that Trent won't uh, be available for 27 and they've got Forrest away. So I'd actually be happy to play Bradley that week. It's not like a, a huge thing that I have to keep hold of him. But because I got De Bruyne, I've got an extra body for 26. So I don't, even though I've got three Liverpool players, I don't have to transfer all of them out to get a full play in 11. So I think I'm going to keep Taylor. The other thing is, if I do make a defender move, presumably i'm saying presumably right i would get a player that i know is going to play in 29 so i'd almost certainly bring in someone like Pau torres but there is still a chance that i'm going to use a chip ahead of game week 29 either wild card in 27 or free hit in 29 and if i do that i might not need that aston villa defender long term i might want to get someone else instead so for me there's just too much information we're going to get next week to warrant making too many moves that I don't need to make this week. And for me, I just don't think I need to take a minus four for Charlie Taylor. Uh, Gabriel and Saliba, might they concede against Newcastle? Of course, but they are the best defence in the league so far this season. I think I'm going to back them for a home game. Again, it's just not worth using a transfer on. And then goalkeepers, I've kind of, you know, come to the realisation I'll probably never get any points from them. Ariola and Dubravka rotation. It has been terrible. But again, which goalkeeper would I bring in this week? It would have to be someone playing in 29 just in case I don't want to use a chip. And that is just not worth a minus four. So out of the two, I'm going to play Ariola against Brentford at home rather than Dubravka against Arsenal away. Uh, and 
to be honest, my decision because of the doubles and blanks, like it's quite a fun time for FPL in terms of planning and stuff like that. But a lot of your moves are kind of dictated to you. So unless I know for sure what my chip strategy is later on, I'm essentially trying to leave as many options open as possible. So Charlie Taylor, you've got a couple of returns for me already this season. One more would not go amiss. So looking at the midfield, I think my strategy is probably similar to most people this week. Don't sell a player that's got a fixture. So players like Saka definitely staying in the team, been incredible recently. And I don't think Newcastle at home is that bad of a fixture. Like they defended extremely well last season, but this year they've been pretty poor. They are conceding a lot of chances. Arsenal are going to score goals in that game. Will I go as far as to consider Saka for captaincy? I'd maybe consider it, but I don't see me going through with it. I think it was only kind of four or five weeks ago people wanted to sell him, and now the conversation has changed to captain in him. I just think maybe that's a bit too... It's just too much of a jump for me, I think. Like, I don't mind him whatsoever. I, don't, I wouldn't say he's a bad captain this week, but I don't see me going for it. But I'm more than happy to have him in the team. And then with Phil Foden... If De Bruyne is going to be an issue, which we'll talk about in a minute, then he is going to continue to start. Obviously, Grealish has been out recently as well. And uh, although his minutes haven't been as good as Alvarez, by the way, Julian Alvarez has started every single game for Man City in the league this season. I think that's gone slightly under the radar. But Foden um, has still started 23. So I can't get rid of him, not before a fixture like Bournemouth away. And it's not like I've got a bench to cover him anyway. So the two players I really need to talk about are Jota and De Bruyne. I'm pretty sure I'm going to do Jota to Huang from Wolves, which a lot of people are going to do this week. I think there's a good chance he's on penalties. I don't think it's a guarantee. I've seen some people talking about the fact that Sarabia has a really good record. Maybe he will take them instead. But I think if they get a penalty and Huang wants to take it, he will take it. Uh, and his goal threat is just that little bit higher than most of the other midfielders in that team. Like I said on transfer tips the other day, Neto is not a bad pick by any means. I just prefer Huang, right? That's all there is to it. So I'm probably going to bring him in. That is pushing me further and further towards having to use a chip. But I'm kind of okay with that because I think at this point, there's just too... Without cup upsets, basically, there's just too much work to do with free transfers and hits to prepare myself for game week 29. And part of that is because of the transfers I've made over the last few weeks. Taking Richarlison out and Porro... They were two players that, if fit and available, would probably start in 29. So I just don't think I've got enough players now to worry about getting through that week without using a hit. So bringing in someone like Huang is not really too much of an issue. And if there are some cup upsets, I can change my strategy next week. Like before game week 27 is where the real planning kind of starts. For now, I'm just trying to take the points in front of me. I think Sheffield United at home is the perfect fixture to do that. I just don't think there's... But I could hedge my bets by going for Douglas Louise or Jared Bowen instead. I just don't know if I want to bring them into my team. But I might have to because De Bruyne is potentially an issue as well. So Jota to Huang, I would say, I don't know, it's 90% certain. We'll see what happens over the next couple of days. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to make that move. With De Bruyne, I am concerned. Um, when I bought him in for 25, I assumed that I was going to get one start in the double and one appearance off the bench. And then I, would, I was hoping that he would also start against Bournemouth. But Pep said that he had some niggles in his hamstring and that he wasn't comfortable and they didn't want to risk him. So are they going to risk him against Bournemouth? That obviously remains to be seen. Now, they've just played uh, on Wednesday. The game against Bournemouth is on Saturday. Now, it is a 5.30 p.m. kickoff. And obviously, he hasn't played since the game before that against Chelsea. So I'm hopeful he's going to start. But it isn't a guarantee. And the deadline's not until half one on Saturday. So it is a bit later than normal. 
But because Man City aren't playing until half five, we're not guaranteed news. So it is, I think it's a tough position to be in as a De Bruyne owner when you haven't got a bench that you can rely on. My general thoughts are that I was going to sell De Bruyne in 27 anyway, probably for Son. Now, we've been, like, Man City's fixture in 27 is quite funny, right? It's Man United at home. Do you remember last year when lots of people, myself included, sold Liverpool players on wildcard before they played Man United? They absolutely smashed them, and they could do it again. But I just think if there's concerns about his minutes, someone like Son, who definitely plays in 29, got good fixtures before that, is on penalties as well, is just a good option. So that is my planned move as it stands in 27. But I can't bring that move forward to 26 because Son doesn't play, right? It'd be pointless making that move. I might as well hope that De Bruyne gets at least a one-pointer. I could think about bringing in a different player, like Bowen or Douglas Louise, and that would give me an extra player for 29. But I just think, unless I know De Bruyne is definitely out, I don't think I make that move. I just take my chances and then just hope I get through game week 26, almost like damage limitation. Because if I end up free-hitting in 29, which I do think is looking quite likely for my team. I just don't think I need Louise or Jared Bowen. There's probably better moves that I can make, thinking about before 29 and after, and I'd rather make them with the information that we have before game week 27. So De Bruyne is kind of, he's put a spanner in the works for my team, basically, because I don't want to have to deal with him, but I might have to. So in midfield, Jota Sahuang, and then if we know for sure De Bruyne is going to miss Bournemouth, I will transfer him out, right? Because I might as well take the points this week. The problem is I'm not quite sure who I would bring in for him this week. I guess the two main players would be Bowen or Douglas Louise because they both play in 29. And there is still a chance that I don't use a chip that week. And so planning ahead wouldn't be the worst thing. Like Bowen hasn't been great recently, but we know what he can do. The fixtures aren't bad. And Douglas Deweese has been fairly consistent. He's on set pieces, takes penalties as well. So even though his open play threat isn't great, as I've mentioned many times before, I think as a short-term move, it's not completely out of the question. The only other player that I would consider, or players, are Man United midfielders because they play a Fulham team without Paulinho this week. And I think given that I've still got eight attackers, like strong attackers, I could bench them against Man City in game week 27 and then have them back from 28 onwards. I don't know whether it really hedges my bets with game week 29 because if man united were to lose to forest in the fa cup and then had that fixture as sheffield united at home in 29 i think that just pushes me more towards free hit because i wouldn't want man united players long term so it would just be a short-term move but i guess there is still a wild card to come which might happen in 30 or 31 so i could just get rid of whichever man united player i bring in at that point i think the one to probably go for at the moment is garnacho he seems the most nailed out of all the wide players Decent enough stats, but I don't know if I could completely rule out Bruno Fernandes because of the penalties and the guaranteed minutes, which Garnacho does seem to have at the moment, but Fernandes always has them. There's no worries there whatsoever. And at some point, he's going to get a run of penalties just like Saka has recently, and the conversation around him will be a little bit different. He has put up a couple of decent numbers, uh, sorry, had a few games recently with decent numbers, like 0.63 expected assists against Villa, 0.54 expected goals against Luton. 5-7 expected goals against Wolves. He's not done terribly in terms of underlying numbers, but the returns, the actual returns have been pretty rubbish. Three goals, five assists. But we know he's a better player than that. You know, have Man United turned a corner? I would never go that far because they always find a way to do bad after that. But I don't think buying a player that you could get Fulham at home, bench for Man City, then play against Everton at home is necessarily the worst idea. So I haven't ruled that out completely. 
But I do think there's more chance that I just go for a player that's definitely playing in 29 just to keep my options open for um, chip strategy and stuff like that. But I'll probably show you at the end why I think I'm going to have to free hit in 29. It's just too much to go into right now. So we'll talk about the forwards, then we'll look at chip strategy. So the forward line is pretty easy. I've got Erling Haaland against Bournemouth away, who's almost certainly going to be my captain. Watkins against Forrest at home, which is a good fixture. And even if I do end up free hitting in 29, Villa have got some good fixtures before that. So I'm not worried about holding on to him. And then Darwin Nunez, who isn't flagged like Jota. And I'm not sure why, because he missed the game against Luton yesterday. But we know either way, he doesn't have a fixture in 26. He has to go. And I'm going to bring in Solanke. And I know Solanke against Man City, as we've already discussed this week, is not ideal. I think Tony, Hoyland could all be better this week. But I know I definitely want Solanke for game week 27 against Burnley away and game week 28, which is that fantastic double. So even if I did Darwin to Tony this week, I would then have to do Tony or Watkins to Solanke the week after. And by the way, it's not like Tony has great fixtures, right, after this week. Like he has a better one than Solanke I just think it's questionable whether I'm trying to find Brentford here Uh, I think it's questionable whether or not it's worth that extra transfer because Tony runs straight into Chelsea at home and Arsenal away so he's like a definite transfer out for me if I bring him in even with that game in game week 29 so that's probably going to be my moves Jota to Huang and Darwin to Solanke neither player at the moment plays in 29 but I think with the games they've got coming up including the double it just makes sense on captaincy, um, I think there will be some talk, maybe if there isn't now, but closer to the deadline, of captain in Saka, which I already spoke about. And some people might even look at going for a Wolves midfielder against Sheffield United at home, given how many goals they've conceded. But I just think, I, I just like that safety net of Haaland, right? And it's not that I'm massively worried about his effective ownership and stuff like that, but I always feel like I need a really good reason to go against him. And I'm not sure that Huang or Saka is that reason. Like, even, like, I don't even understand why there's been all this discussion over the last week about Haaland missing chances. Like, people are talking about him like he's hardly scored any goals this season. The guy still has. Uh, I know, and I know he's got big, we've got big expectations from him, but he scored 17 goals and started 19 times. Like, the guy is pretty good. He's still putting up really good underlying numbers. Like, since he came back into the side, 0.71 expected goals against Brentford, 0.68 against Everton, 1.71 against Chelsea, 0.86 against Brentford these are really good numbers there's not really anything to worry about even if De Bruyne misses out he still gets chances his minutes have been good since returning from injury 390 minutes in a row and he's on penalties I just I don't know I just feel like the the Saka thing in particular just feels like a massive knee jerk because he's actually done well recently and ultimately I think I could be wrong I think Saka's had a penalty in both of the last two games and that changes the narrative so quickly look at what happened I'm still a little bit bitter about it Look at what happened with Salah back in game weeks eight and nine, I think it was, when some of us didn't have him. He got two penalties, one in each game, and suddenly it looked like a massive mistake not to have him. The next couple of games, it could be Saka that doesn't get the penalties, and Fernandes and Haaland do, and the narrative will switch again. So for me, it's going to be Captain Haaland, bring in Solanke and Jota, and that is it. Let's talk about chip strategy. If you don't want to hear chip strategy, you're happy just hearing the team, you can switch off now, but I'll just go through it a little bit. So I'm just going to talk through some of my chip thoughts for my own team uh, in this bit, using the My Team tool on Fantasy Football Hub. As always, links in the description below. The reason that I've left it, left it until the end is because obviously stuff happened in the FA Cup next week might massively change my plans. So this whole bit could become completely useless. But this is where my head is at at the moment. Now, I've already, just to save some time, 
put Huang and Solanke into my team because that's my two probable moves. Um, and let's just say that De Bruyne is fine, so I keep hold of him. Essentially, I've got Charlie Taylor, um, Ariola, and Watkins who are definitely playing in 29. So only three players. And if I make those moves for 26 and we move on to 27, I've then got my transfer in 27, 28, and 29 to use. That's three free transfers. That gets me up to six players. But the problem is, I could I could keep my options open by going for Louise or Bowen instead of Huang. But I, am I then denting my points potential now, right? And I think the answer would be yes. I'd rather have Huang against Sheffield United at home than either Bowen or Louise this week. So that's the balance that I'm trying to get to, really. Do I take the points now or do I leave my options open for 29? And I just think I'm too many players away from it. So even if I go through my planned move of um, De Bruyne to Son in 27, right, there's also a double game week in 28 to think about as well. As it stands, I've got Solanke and Doughty. That's the only two players. So if I wanted to add a few more in, then I'm using transfers on doing that in 28. And there's no guarantee that those players will play in 29. Now, of course, by the time we get to 28, I will know the fixtures in 29. But if Bournemouth and Wolves end up blanking, and I want to bring in more Bournemouth players for their great double in 28, that's more transfers used on players that aren't playing in 29. So let's just say that Bournemouth game is off. I might do something like um, Dubravka to Neto, right? So get the Bournemouth goalkeeper in. Uh, and obviously, I'll play him instead. I think I put the wrong Neto in there. Let me just... Uh, where has he gone here? Oh, yeah, sorry. He's on the bench. I, I, I kind of lost him there. Uh, so I'll make those transfers. I put Neto in the, the team, of course. Then I've got three doublers for 28, but I haven't used a transfer to prepare myself for 29. So going into game week 29 itself, I would then still only have Ariola, Taylor, Son, and Watkins. And I think that's it. I mean, there's a high chance that Luton versus Forest will be on. So if we include Doughty, that's five players. But even if I took a minus eight then in 29, that only takes me up to eight players. So a free hit saves that minus eight and it gets me three additional players. And it means that I don't have to worry about bringing in more players that are playing that week. And also, as I've said already um, in previous videos going into 26, the fixtures for Bournemouth are pretty good after the blank. Like Everton at home in 30, Palace at home in 31 and Luton away in 32 so if i had to play players like Solanke or neto who i've just bought in for the double it wouldn't be the end of the world so i just think with my team there's i've just moved away from too many players that are playing in 29 to now get through it without using a chip it might be that i wildcard next week but i think i'm going to free hit even if like in 29 here even if i did bring in bowen instead of Huang this week. That's only one extra player. That still only brings me up to six because I've got to get Solanke for the double. There's no questions about that. I'm not going to go for Tony instead of Solanke when Solanke's got Sheffield United at home and Luton at home. So I've got too many players now to catch up on to kind of avoid using the chip. Obviously, this goes out the window if there's loads of cup upsets next week. Like if Leeds beat Chelsea, totally different conversation because then Arsenal, my four Arsenal and Chelsea players would then play in 29. But I think I've got to use the chip. And it's not, I mean, it is a bit of a U-turn. But I think ever it's basically all gone downhill since Villa beat, uh, sorry, I keep getting that wrong, since Chelsea beat Villa in the FA Cup. So yeah, I think my chip strategy now probably is to use the free hit in 29 if I don't wildcard in 27. And so the next question will be, well, if you do free hit in 29, when are you going to wildcard? I'm not sure yet. Because the fixtures that happen in 29 will dictate who's going to double in 34. 
And if game week 34 looks very easy to navigate, I might even free hit in 29 and then wildcard in 30 or 31 still. I don't think that's completely out of the question. It's not very often you do that. So free hit into a wildcard in consecutive weeks. But in previous seasons, there is one I recall over the last two or three where I wildcarded and the next week I free hit just because of how the fixtures fell. So I guess ultimately I am open to anything that works based on what happens next week. But as it stands, I think it just makes sense to bring in Huang and Solanke this week, knowing the fixtures they've got coming up and worry about 29 later, knowing that I have a free hit to use if I need to. If you enjoyed that video and that ramble at the end, make sure to give the video a like, hit that subscribe button and I'll catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.